Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Well, how many are enjoying their summer so far? It's a little short sometimes. We're like, you got to get the most out of it. you got to squeak everything out of it, but... Uh, it's good. We got a lot of people, different ones, able to take vacation. We're taking off tomorrow to Algonquin, so we'll be away for a week, and we're looking forward to it. You need those times. I, I had my first, one of my first pastors told me. He said, "If you don't come apart, you'll come apart." And so it's so important to to take time away, and uh, and and make it a lifestyle. God gave us the Sabbath. And we live in a society now that goes 24-7. And they're, and they're driven by that. And the Sabbath was made for man. It was made for us to, to have a rest. You know, it's funny because I, I work with a lot of pastors. And uh, a lot of pastors don't, don't honor the Sabbath. Today is not my Sabbath. Today is a major work day for me. <laughs> and Sundays are. So I have to have another day that it's the Sabbath rest. But... A lot of pastors, everything blends and it's like carries into the next day and the next day. And I'm like, do you have a day where you just, it's a Sabbath rest? And so many are like, uh, no, I don't really get it. It's like, your boss gave you a day off. Like, he gave you a day off <laughs> and you're not taking it. And you know, we, we have to honor God even in, in the principles that he's laid out. And one of them is honoring the Sabbath, having that day where we're, um, we're taking that for him. And, you know, I'm finding even with, um, with Sundays, it used to be back when I was little, I mean, it was like, we go to church. And that day is, you know, you connect with people after for lunch. And that day is like for God and for each other, you know, talking about God and, and being around people and and just that day is restful but now it's becoming it just kind of fits it in oh we'll just shove it online and i and i know you know the odd odd time maybe but like it's becoming part of a where we're just everything just kind of blends with everything and it's like well jesus is my sabbath rest yes he is he is our sabbath rest but we also needed a day and a time where we just set that apart and I'll tell you, when you do it, it makes a difference. It's like God redeems the time. And when you take that, that day, and when, when we started guarding it, protecting it, and, and taking it, God helped us to, to make a more of our time in those other six days, whereas when we did the other, we were just kind of scrambling. So it's like God honors that. And, and he, he put those principles in place so that he could be um, glorified in them. Who doesn't want a day of rest? <laughs> right? And so um, I've been reading the Gospels. For those of us that are doing the devotional with me on uh, the um, Version Bible, we're going through the Gospels this summer. And um, we're in John right now. And I, there was just something that was so simple that Jesus said, and it just like, boom, it, it, it just, I love that God is so profound in his, his, his simplicity. The, anyone can complicate something, and people actually, they sound really smart, right? 
because they can just say all this stuff, but God can bring, break something down in its very simplest form, and he's very profound in his simplicity. And, and I believe that is what we need more than ever in a, in a culture that's with so much information, so much that you can, can take in, but what are you doing with it? And you've got to be able to break it down to its simplest form, and you've got to be able to, to apply it. You've got to be able to do it. And so um, Jesus here, I, I'll, I'll kind of set the stage. We're not going to read the whole portion of Scripture, but um, had done a, a miracle where he fed the multitudes. And so then the next day he had to leave those crowds. There was too many people, and he, and he left, and he went, uh, uh, went to the other side of the lake or something, and the crowd followed him. So when he got to the other side of the lake, they were there. And, and they were like, you know, they were basically wanting him to do another, another miracle, feed him again, right? It's like, that was amazing. How many know when, when God does something great in a service, it's like, you know, we want him to do it again, right? We come on in and it's like, and it's great. It's like kids. We're like kids, you know? You, you do a thing where, you know, I'd throw the kids on the couch or something. And do it again. Do it again, right? And it's like, it's like we're like that with the things of God. It's like God does it. It's like, wow, that was amazing. And then he's like, well, let's do it again. And it, he wants to do it something different, but still good, right? But we, like, like many times, like kids like to put them in a box. So anyway, Jesus, um, in John 6, 26, so we're able to pull them up. We're good. No, we're not? Okay, so we're going to have to do old school. We can't pull the, the, there's something going on that's glitchy. So you have to look these scriptures up, or you just have to take my word for it and hope that I'm not uh, preaching heresy. No, no, I'm good. It's easy for me to just. So it says here, Jesus replied to them. He says, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. <laughs> I love it how Jesus shoots it straight, right? He's like, come on, guys, you're here because I fed you. <laughs> right? And he says here, um, not because you understood the miraculous signs, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. And they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? That's a pretty loaded question. How many know there must be a gazillion steps to that? Jesus gives one simple answer. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one he has sent. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, I just believe. I just believe, 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 believe. Okay, if I believe enough, what? It's like, well, it's like this. Um, when you truly believe in something, when you are like totally um, engaged in it, it changes everything about you. It's like, I'm going to use the term a, a hero. We all have heroes that we look to. Um, one person told me way back, and, and it stuck with me. He said, you're not going to find something worth living for until you've found something worth dying for. Because your life will just be meaningless. It will be 
just it won't really amount to anything because you're just living aimlessly. But when you live truly for something that means something and that you're willing to literally die for, that's where your life then begins to see a purpose. And how many know Jesus is worth dying for? But we're going to break this down. What does this mean? Well, there's, there's four characteristics of a hero that I believe are when Jesus said, look, believe in the one who sent me, he says, believe in who I am. Like, literally, who I am, what I've done, all about, everything about me. When you embrace who I am, it will affect everything in your life. And that's, it comes out of that place. All you're doing, Jesus, because they were all about the outward. Just do a miracle for us. Just do this. Just, and, and people are like that. It's like, yeah, not going to go. I mean, pfft. You know, do, do this miracle for me. You know, it's just kind of like, ooh, they're just, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. People are like, eh, show me and I'll believe. And God's like, no, believe and I'll show you. So it's kind of switches it a bit. And so it's like, so we're going to look at a hero and um, Jesus as a worthy hero because he is. Now, a hero the first thing about a hero is they're bigger than life. Now, we know in the world, the heroes, they definitely are bigger than life because movies and fame helps to produce that, right? And it makes them like this person that we're like, I remember, I can't remember, I think it was Oprah asking Tom Cruise of marriage advice. I guess he had just gotten married to, I don't know, number two or three and it's like i'm like thinking well that's just the stupidest thing ever <laughs> hit the guy who can't even be successful in this, in one marriage and you know but because he's famous and because oh tell us because he's happy about this marriage that he's in right now you've got some advice for me like we we but that's what bigger than life appears like and we're looking at all of these things, and they're like, whoa. And we live in a culture that, oh, it's so easy to do. You know, just make something bigger than life. And, and we can follow these things, and we can literally, you know, be drawn into them. And, but we've got to guard the fact that when, when we do that, and when we give our attention to that, it, draw, it pulls our heart. And we've got to put Jesus in the right place. And how many know he is bigger than life? For real. And, and we're going to look at one scripture portion, but there are many about this. So he, he definitely feels this, that he's bigger than life. Colossians 1, 15 to 18. This is what it says. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. How many know that's... Uh, that's a pretty good recommendation. He's like here before all this started. And it says, and he is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So the guy, we're like, oh, are you going to be able to, you know, take care of my future and my job and whatever? Uh, yeah, he created the heavens and the earth. He was there in all of it, right? Like we, we forget these things, but this is the guy we serve. He's bigger than life. Amen? 
And it's, he created everything. It says we, things, he made, it says kingdoms, rulers, or he made the things we can see and things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Amen? Do you know that there's enough crazy that this world should have exploded a long time ago? There's, there's enough crazy. One person could have totally done worse than the pandemic we came out of. And affected, and somebody, you know, there's enough crazy. Someone can shut off electricity in the grid. But who is restraining that? It is not humans. It is something working outside of that. It's Christ who holds all things together for his purpose. And so it says here... Um, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Why does he like to be first? Because he's God. <laughs> he kind of can, right? For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him with a single, without a single fault. Amen? Amen? That's what our bigger than life hero has done. And we're going to take communion. So those of you that are online, if you Want to get some, uh, some juice and some bread? We're going to do that at the end of the service. Did everybody get um, yours when you came in? Ian was handing them out, but uh, some may have come in later and got missed. If you didn't get it, he's back there and he can get it to you. Just put up your hand, but I think everyone's got it. Oh, we got just one over here, Ian. <clears throat> so, he's bigger than life. Another thing about heroes, number two. Heroes are often powerful, talented, or famous, right? And so we, they didn't just do nothing. Something happened, and so, or they became famous. But whatever it is, they did something to earn that place. Now, Jesus. Jesus is all of these. Like, when he came to this earth, he shook the known world at that time. Like the crowds and the multitudes with the signs and wonders that he did, no one had done what Jesus had done. His words and what he spoke and how he fulfilled scripture and then how he declared the, the extension of that scripture, those teachings 
have influenced all the writings of the world more than any other person ever in history. The, the words of Jesus and all the different things that he laid in place have influenced culture, poetry, art in every culture. Like we don't realize how far it has spread and how much it affects every single place in life. And this is how you know it has a strong effect. Because if you say anything now against, like, because we're, we're living in a culture that is very anti-Christ. And so whenever you stand up for that, you're an immediate threat. But you stand up for anything else, not a problem. But as soon as you use the J word, don't say the J word. It's like it's a threat. Why? Because it's powerful. He is powerful. His influence is powerful. It has shook, and it has, it, it has power just in the name. We're going to look at that. But he affected everything. He fulfilled the Bible and fulfilled the law and fulfilled those things that were written. And that Bible today is the best-selling book still in all the world. There is not a higher-selling book in all the world. Still. It has tried to be banned. I took history, church history, um, in Bible school, and they literally, countries, tried to burn and ban the Bible, and they could not get it out. It has not been able to be stopped. And now with the electronic age, it's just... And it's powerful. And so his, he is powerful and he is famous. Why? Because he is. Right? He's not having to hype this thing up and he's not dependent on media and he's not dependent on all these things. He is. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. It's not changed. Just because in our culture right now, we're not maybe seeing it, when we're t talking to all of our different friends in different parts of the world that are, and our other pastors, the, the influence of Jesus and his miracles and his power is awesome. You know, Bill and Kathy said in Africa, they were there, and they said the schools there, you they could be on a full-time schedule and do multiple schools, a thousand or more kids a day in schools and be booked up for years. There are thousands that want to hear about Jesus. And that when they do preach to them, they respond that Jesus does miracles. There's all kinds of things that happen. Why? Because their hearts are hungry. They're reaching out to him. They're calling out to him. It's like Jesus is the one. He's the hero. Amen? But we got him on our list. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's up there. Yeah, today he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, he might be my hero, but tomorrow he's zero. Why? He just didn't do what I wanted him to do. He becomes zero. Or, or your friends put him down, or this happened, or that happened. And a lot of times, you know, people will blame this. This is what happened in the church. It's like, that, that may have happened in the church. That's not Jesus. 
Let's get our things straight here. If that's a person, and, and we are fallen, but the one Jesus lifts us all if we let him. Jesus redeems us all if we let him. Jesus can deliver if we let him. Amen? And people that go on that, watch their life because they've hardened their heart and Jesus isn't allowed it, and you'll watch a decline. But you look at a person who will humble themselves and say, yeah, you know what? That was really hard. And you know what? That was not the way that a life should have honored Christ. But I'm going to keep my eyes on, on you, Jesus. I'm going to let you get me through this, Jesus. I'm going to let you redeem me through this. I'm keeping my eyes on you. I'm not asking everybody and their brother and YouTube and the Google gods and everyone else. I'm going to you, Jesus. My hero. Amen? It's what you do with your hero. Because this is the next thing about a hero. Heroes often take from you rather than do anything for you. And that's very apparent. You've got all these people, they're like, oh. you know, they're so crazy about their, their fan, the one that they're, oh, you know, and, and they do all this stuff for them, but that person doesn't care about you. You're, you're their fan base, right? Oh, yeah, Justin Bieber, he, he you know, whatever. I don't know if he tweets or Instagram or whatever. It's changing all the time. But, like, he might do this to a mass crowd, but he's not, like, caring about you. Right? And, and we go on, and, and we, whatever we can get caught up in, or whatever we're looking at as our hero, we're thinking they're caring for us back the same. And they're not. They can't. And, and if they can, they're going to let you down. Right? We all do. There's a part that will always let you down. But we've got we to know, no, Jesus, he made it possible for, it says here, Jesus came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was the very reason he came. He didn't come to be served, the Bible says, but he came to what? To serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Colossians 1, 19 to 23. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So Christ had to come down and he had to shed his blood in order to serve us in the way that would redeem us. He couldn't do it another way. His father had said, it has got to be your blood, it has to be the blood of my son that will pay the debt that needs to be paid. Christ did that. Our hero didn't expect to be served. He served. Amen? And it says here, he made, I love this, it says here, 
He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. How many, when you receive Jesus, you know that peace came? That's the, the, one, I, the one thing I remember when I finally, you know, stopped trying to change myself. Stop trying to have a shower before I had a shower. Right? People are like, I'm not good enough to come to church. It's like, you don't have a shower before you have a shower. Let Jesus' cleansing blood change you. But you have to humble yourself and receive it. And so um, when I did, I remember peace came. It was like, because he breaks down the wall of hostility. Because sin demands. It demands. And, and when Jesus broke the power of that, he broke, canceled all of that, which was against you and me. And peace immediately comes now if you lose your peace why why is that because we pick up things along the way we try to do things on our own again we have to come back to that place of maybe confess our sin because it might be something that we've allowed to stand in the way but where we can again encounter the prince of peace and and come under his cleansing blood and it says here this includes you who once were far away from god you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into love, his own presence. Amen? You realize, guys, we're not just coming in and we're not just worshiping in a church building. We are coming into the very presence of God. Like, we, we forget we're not just... That's why when we do worship, we need to be engaged because we're coming into the very presence of God. Like, we're not just in a service with everyone around me. It's like, no, we are going into the presence of God. We're worshiping the Holy of Holies. We're coming through the precious blood of Jesus. And it says here, he's brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. How many know that's a hero that's done something for you? He's kind of done a lot. He's made it possible that I can stand before him without a single fault fault isn't that awesome we you know we find that so hard to believe because we live in a culture like let's be honest we live in a culture that is continually accusing with with social media now it's constant it's just slants of this and accusations and different things and you you second guess this and second guess it's like is anyone faultless and we live in a society that let's judge everything. We got a panel of judges. Oh, I give you a four. I give you a five. I give you, you are accepted. It's like, what panel decided that? And like, we, we're in a culture that that's what we're around. And then we, we, we think, can I just come to God without a single fault? And, and feel free to be able to... Like, let's be honest. We don't. 
But, but, but just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it hasn't been made possible. You could be weighed down. It's like this with the um, prodigal and his brother. The prodigal came home. For those that don't know the account, it was two sons. Jesus tells this account. One, he had two sons, and one son said, I, I don't want to live here. I don't like your rules. Give me my inheritance. I want to do my own thing. So he goes, and the Bible says he wasted all the money he got from his inheritance, and he ended up eating with pigs, basically. And he came to his senses, and he realized, you know what? My father's servants eat better than this and are treated better than this. I'm going to come back to him, and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not worthy to be your son, but I, and I'm so sorry, but just let me come as a servant. Let me come as a servant. And so, you know, we know the, he comes back to the father. The father embraces him, loves him, puts a ring on his finger, and basically robe on him, covers his sin with his righteousness, and says, let's throw a big party. Brings him right into his place that he's the son again. That's, that's what salvation does to us. But what's the other brother doing? Who was with the father all the time. On the farm, the whole time. And this son of yours that comes and living like a jerk, and now he's come back and he's, and he's you know, he says sorry, and, and you throw him this big party. And the, and the father says, you know what? This brother of yours, <laughs> he straightens him out. Yes, my son, but this brother of yours was dead. And he's alive again. And he said this. He said, everything that I have here is yours. You could have had a party. You could have lived in that freedom and enjoyed this stuff. But it was work. I'm going to work for God. 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 So many people are working for him instead of with him. Because if we worked with him, we'd enjoy the party along the way. We'd understand that. He says, you know what? Take a day of rest because that's the way I made it for you. Let's have fun today. But no, I got to work for you. I got to work for you. I got to work. Oh, I didn't do my devos today. Oh, I better do twice tomorrow. Oh, work, work. Oh, I didn't pray enough. Oh, well then I better. What? You know what that is? That's the devil. That's the accuser. That is the very one that is wanting to just rip you down and rip you down and rip you down. And that's not sonship. That's so far from what God wanted for us. He wanted to bring us near. He wanted to bring us into his presence without a single fault. Why? You know why I do good things? Because I'm good because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not for anything I've done. He made me righteous. Therefore, I do righteous things. I don't do things to become more righteous. I'm not trying to get, oh, I'll, I'll be good enough one day. Oh, I'll be good enough if I keep doing enough good things. No, no, that's not, what, that's not how it works. You're filthy rags. Apart from Christ, we're all filthy rags. 
We all deserve hell. All of us. But he bought us with his very own blood. He brought us into his presence. He took everything off of us and presented us without fault so that we could, like that prodigal, not go out with shame, not go out with guilt, but go out with the signet ring, knowing that everything that my father has is now mine, covered in his righteousness and not all the yucky filth of sin that smeared our life before. Where, when that's off of you, you don't want to lie. You don't want to cheat. When do you do those things? When you're under guilt, when you're under shame, when you're under the accuser. That's not our God. Your hero pulled you out of that. He's He is bigger. Well, I don't know. Well, then live in your own little head. Because seriously, that's where you'll stay. You cannot do great things for God in the realm of reason. It is conquered in the realm of faith. The realm of faith. Do you believe? That's what Jesus said. Want to do great things? Believe in the one he sent. Period. Believe it. That's all. Oh. It's so easy and it's so hard. Right? It offends us. It offends our sophisticated 25-step culture that's man-made. It offends us to the furthest degree. Prayer offends us. What is it? To just pray? That's enough? Yeah, it is. It's actually more than enough. And then this is what he says here. He says he presents you without a single fault, but he says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. So you, 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 have, to, you have to believe the truth and stand firmly in it because there's so many things that try to take that from you. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Make it like it's as fresh as when you received it the very first time. The Paul uh, rebuked the Galatians. He says, you foolish Galatians, you, what, you're trying to finish in the flesh what you started in the Spirit. You received the Spirit by faith. You received all these things by faith. But he says, now you're trying to work them out in your own ability, in your own flesh. It won't work. It has to be started and finished by the power of his Spirit and by faith. Amen? Amen. And the last thing about a hero. Heroes most times can't help you be like them. Right? They can't. They don't want you to actually be like them. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, me. Yeah, there's me, and then there's you, and then there's me. Right? <laughs> Very few of them. There might be the odd, odd one, but... Jesus made it possible for us to stand holy and blameless in his sight, and, and he was an example that we can follow. We're going to look at Philippians 2.
Philippians 2, 1, and this I'm reading in the message, and if you don't have the message, just listen, because I love the way it's written. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community um, of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. This is my plea to you. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push away. Or don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Well, that sounds backwards. <laughs> help others get ahead. And then he says here, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. You know, this is a good thing to do. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Um, and he does. If you, if you ask the Holy Spirit, you give him permission, he will step in. But ask him to show you, like, what's my motive for doing what I'm doing? And, like, because a lot of times we always have something we're going to benefit from. We do. And, and the bottom line, when we make a decision about something, it's like, okay, is that going to benefit me here, here, here? Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a little bit there, but what's this going to do? If we're honest. Right? And it's like, how many things do we do that we're just, like, doing to just benefit someone else? And... Um, because this is what the Bible encourages us to do. It, and it's the upside-down kingdom. It doesn't make sense. But guess what? Our hero lives this way. And he did live this way, and he continues. Because right now, the Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? He's praying for you and me. Mostly me, because I need it. <laughs> But he's praying for us. He's pleading before the Father for us. How many know that's a thankless job? How many of you thanked him for praying for you today? I didn't. I just remembered now. Thank you. For Jesus for praying for me. Honestly, we just think, oh, that's his thing. He says here, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of, the, of that status, no matter what. In other words, he wasn't like walking around, you know, you know, you, know, you talk to someone, yeah, yeah, but yeah, my dad's God. <laughs> right? There's always one up. It's the one up conversations, right? Yeah, yeah, this, you know, this, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, I came from heaven, so it's a little bit different, you know, and down here. It's like, you know, you can... <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't cling to that status. He came in a lonely manner. He came in a manger. He came in a, you know, a situation that was 
not worthy of a king, but he identified with humanity at the lowest level. Like, talk about coming down. He came down. And it says here, when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. Can you imagine? Guys, that's like being in the best, wealthiest, prosperous country in the world and having to go to the lowest third world country with extreme poverty and be stripped of everything you have and have to live. And that's like not even close to the comparison. He did that. Our hero did that. Amen. Amen. He took on the status of a slave and he became human. Having become human, he stayed human. Guys, <laughs> that's really important because at any point he could have exited, at any point he could have left, at any point he could have, but he stayed human till the plan was done. He stayed in that condition. You know, it wasn't like reboot, we're going to reboot this thing. You know, we live in a culture where you can unplug it, you know, and it reboots. And, or you get another, get another person, you play those games, right? And it's like, you just, uh, you know, just recycle, get another one, get another one. It's like, no, no, he had to stay human all the way through. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, and then he died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything, ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise, amen, that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Here he comes. <laughs> this is our hero amen so if we can put on the put on some dappy <laughs> we're gonna just we're gonna partake of communion today and i want us to um i want us to you know what? I didn't get any here, Ian. Sorry. I totally forgot to get. <laughs> Thank you. No, I was just forgetful. Just forgetful. Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. So, Jesus, we thank you that you, you are the bread of life. That when we eat from your, your bread, who you are, that every day your life-giving bread sustains us. We thank you. We thank you that you are the giver of life. We thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you that you, you were the hero that came down to us. You could have stayed up and you could have stayed elevated and you could have even condemned us, but you didn't. You came and you redeemed us. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that even right now, you're at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. And Jesus, we ask that you would help us to be like you and to have that same attitude that we wouldn't cling to special privileges, that we wouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but that we would think soberly, God, as you have um, given us the things that you have given us, that we would recognize that they are from you and that they're to be given away. Freely we have received, freely we give. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We ask that you would help us to lay our lives down and give what you have freely given us. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you for your precious blood that was shed for us that caused us to be cleansed and brought near through that blood. We thank you that we also are made righteous because of your blood, Jesus. We thank you that we can stand before you without fault because of your blood. So Jesus, we come to you with all, we come to you with everything and we just lay it down at the cross right now if there's sin in your life you've allowed it just lay it down the bible says if we confess our sins he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if you're online and maybe you've not received jesus it's the easiest thing to do you just open your heart to him you confess to him your sin and you you let him be your savior. He's the only one that can save you. You make him Lord of your life. And Jesus, we make you Lord of our life. We thank you for your blood, your cleansing blood. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that by the stripes that you bore on your back, we are healed. I thank you for your healing power for those that need healing right now. In Jesus' name, by his stripes, you are healed. You are healed. He made you good enough. 
by his precious blood. It's nothing that you earn or you deserve. It's a free gift. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake of the cup. Well, he is good, isn't he? So if you've not made Jesus your hero, I would challenge you to do that. Make him your hero. A lot of times we don't think about it, but if we look at it, we're like, I don't know if he's in the hero category in my life because I would do a lot more for my hero. Sometimes things slip, right? We let all kinds of other things get in there. And we just have to put it back and put it in adjustment and say, okay, no. He is awesome. He's worthy of much more. So Jesus, we just, we thank you that you are worthy of hero status because of who you are. We ask that you would help us to live for you. As those who see you as our hero. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.